You all are listening to Lame, the Lexington asymptomatic Marxist experience. That's right, folks. They can't get me. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jenry. And it's the 13th of January, 2021. You can follow us on Twitter at LamePod, and you can email us at LexLamePod at gmail.com if you all want stickers and buttons designed by Claire Thompson from ClaireThompsonArt.com. Yeah, they're free. Do we say they're <laughs> yeah, free? They're $0. Yeah, they're $0. We'll pay for your shipping. We'll get it to you. We'll pay for the envelope. We'll you pay just got to the... spread the word. We'll pay for the stamp. You got to leave us a review. Put it in your mailbox. I will personally put right. your sticker in the USPS drop-off, mm-hmm. and they somebody else will put it in your mailbox. I will not step foot on your property. Or your mailbox, because that's the USPS property. <laughs> exactly. Um, this, is a, this is a news podcast um, with an explicit political bent, um, and uh, the news of the week is the novel coronavirus you may have heard of this one um shit's fucked up uh if you didn't know anyone that had the virus um uh, let me say this now you do um, <laughs> just by listening to this podcast no no not <laughs> it's not what i'm saying i'm saying is that everyone knows everyone that's got covid you know before it was like a, oh maybe i know you know you could get away with not knowing someone in your like like you know the secondary or tertiary circles or something that you know now everyone's got you know half the city's out with covid or whatever uh, dr fauci said everyone's gonna get covid dr fauci i i'm here to to, to declare war on you be, as a as a because of my our our new benefactor sponsor of the podcast um who uh who is asked to remain anonymous anonymous but has requested in exchange for large sums of money which ironically we are unable to spend on um, uh, fixing the radio interference on the microphone. Um, he said, "He said, uh, he, he said, you can't say my name, but you can. You, you got to be trash talking, at, at Doctor Fauci." And I said, "Yes, sir, Mister Senator." Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, Reggie Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how'd you know? <laughs> anyway, um, the numbers. The numbers, they're up. Um, on That's two, looking good. The numbers are up. Their number go up. That's good, right? Market. Hey, okay, okay, economist. If number go up, how come it bad? Um, uh, w- uh, this last Tuesday, Fayette County Health Department announced over almost 900 new COVID-19 cases. This brings the seven-day rolling average up to 700. Nice. Um, uh, both of these are record highs. Um, uh, last week, we also recorded a new record high. Um, uh, currently, um, uh, the Fayette uh, Health Department said 126 county residents are hospitalized with COVID-19 as a Wednesday morning, but that is only people from within the county. Um, uh, so the cases are high, um, and uh, what... What do certain organizations do to respond to it? Well, um, uh, my favorite organization, the uh, literal government, has gone online. Lexington and Fayette Urban County Council will hold meetings virtually this week due to an escalating number of COVID cases in Fayette County. Um, so, yeah, of course, we announced a 11,000 new cases um, on Friday, last Friday. Um, uh, we're, we're, we're getting real... The positivity numbers are up, folks. Um, there's a uh, um, actually, if you're listening to this, as soon as we post it, um, 6 p.m. Thursday today, the 13th of January. There's a city council meeting online. Um, you can tune in on Zoom. Yeah, if you want to make a, if you want to sign up for public comment, you have to go to lexingtonky.gov/public-comic. Comment. Comment. Public comic. That's good. Like you What's go up, the you, difference? you do a bit. Everyone. The the city of uh, Lexington guarantees every citizen at the at the county um, at the city council meeting a tight three minutes. <laughs> it's open mic <laughs> at the city council meeting. Bring your instruments. Bring your best acts. Yes, exactly. Um, That's. I mean, some people do treat it like that, and they should. Um, and we endorse it. We're fine with it. Speaking of uh, speaking of um, uh, I don't even know. It, it, the MLK March has moved online. 
Um, you may ask yourself, how does the march move online? Well, um, I was shocked to learn it is a part march, part speaking convention thing. It's part public address. So at 10 a.m. on this Monday, in honor of the king, Martin Luther King Jr., um, we will. There's the march is actually still happening physically on the road. But at noon, if you want to watch any of the speeches or whatever, um, you have to you have to go to YouTube and watch the live stream. Um, they've got Senator Raphael Warnock of Georgia to come for, speak for Lexington. For Lexington? Yes, for That's Lexington. That's so strange. It's, Why not without yeah, Georgia? I'm curious if they booked him. I guess they booked him before they went online or whatever, but if they booked him, I mean, that's great. He doesn't even have to fly anywhere. He can just uh, zoom in. Um, it's part of a, a broader live stream to the whole nation. Thank yes. You, you remember uh, remember when they were trying to elect Warnock and then like every ad everywhere was just about the, the Georgia elections? I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about the Georgia elections. <laughs> Because I think, well, because Rand, not Rand Paul, what's his name? Charles Booker, <laughs> his campaign manager. Yes, is Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Which yeah. is um, uh, interesting. Um, I don't know if we're going to deliver the, I don't know if the goods will be delivered on that. And if, if the goods are delivered, then great choice hiring her. If not, like, what are you thinking? It's just, Who knows? Booker, she's a lib. You know that. Um, they're not gonna, you know, whatever. Um, uh, now this is far more. This is, at least for me, breaking news. Transy puts their entire first week online. Um, wow. Because Transy required you, regardless of whatever your vaccination status was, to get tested before you were allowed to go to class, right? And um, due to the snow or whatever, they're like, okay, you have till Tuesday. We're gonna go on. We're gonna be online Monday and Tuesday, so everyone get their test results back. And then the numbers just keep going up, and they're like, well, we're just gonna take the week off. Um, it's just gonna be all virtual, which is um, good. Good on them. Some other um, universities should try this. Well, that's where about uh, we're. Yes, let's just talk about it right now. The University of Kentucky. I have been going to class, I've been going to work, I've been doing all sorts of, you know, things on campus. And every time, every conversation I've had has boiled down to me being like, I can't, I cannot believe that I'm actually here doing this right now. I cannot believe that I'm just standing here in the sea of people. Um, and that that this is and that this is what's happening with that. That's crazy to me. I had a, I had a moment of panic. I was in a lecture hall. Of, <laughs> this is uh, good. Yes, this is good. <laughs> I was in a lecture hall. And it was, I don't know, there was probably like 150 people in that, in that lecture hall. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and the professor walks in and she's like, all right, now based on, based on the current statistics for the University of Kentucky and the positivity rate and everything that we have here, at least 50 of you are in this room are positive for COVID right now. And, and, and Aaron was like, I can't hold my breath the entirety of class. <laughs> I can't hold my breath the entirety of class. Um, and so I've been attending that class virtually now. Oh, that's nice that yes. they're offering it. Yeah. that to you. Yeah, it's actually really, it's actually nice. But mm. there's still like a lot of, there's still people that don't have that option. And a lot of other classes, they this still have to true. go to class. I do not have this option. I have other classes that are like that where the professors, I <laughs> a class where the professor had a Zoom option. <sighs> For the for that, but his microphone wasn't working, and That's... so all the people on the Zoom class were like, "We can't hear you. Please, please fix oh, this." God, he and can't he, hear us, and he couldn't fix it, and he kept lecturing. God, man, <laughs> I I mean, it is the response that Kentucky has that the University of Kentucky has taken to COVID, uh, knowing all that they know and everything. The fact that they're like. And that they could have seen this coming from miles ahead, right? Mm -hmm. Don't say that Omicron short-sighted you. That's not what I'm – you knew the winter was coming up. You knew a traditional flu – like you knew – the fact that they were like, well, you know, the fact that they're like, well, only people that are – you know, if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to test. But fully vaccinated also counts as people that don't have the booster or whatever, which is kind of – I don't know. I'm just saying I think – the University of Kentucky has made a massive health mistake by allowing, you know, PR and like provosts to determine COVID policy and not um, 
not and not apply any sort of a, a health-based framework um, to this. Uh, and it's it's it, I mean it is truly shocking to me. I would be interested in seeing like the numbers of um, if they if we had done a semester online again, like would they how would their financials be right now? Probably not good. I do not. I would not do a whole semester online. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm down for like a cool two week cool down, mm-hmm. right, or something like that. I'm if my entire semester is online, different story. The nature of my academic work is that I can't is that it can't be online. So and yeah, I, the two week cool down would be fun. Um, um, is that so? Northern NKU did that. NKU is doing that, and Transy is doing that. As, as a last-minute desperation move, transies realize that, oh, wait, we can simply change the conditions on the ground because we dictate them. Um, because we have that power. We is, can actually just do that. Is, I don't think U of L is doing it. Yeah. And I don't know if UC is doing it. And it's funny because Jefferson County is way worse. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, the uh, University of Kentucky, um, I think, uh, largely is um, – uh, fumbling this one. Um, and the reason I say this, because the, one of the things they always say at the end of all their emails is we are constantly monitoring the situation and we make our decisions based on, you know, X, Y, and Z, right? And one of them is always the availability of hospital beds, right? How overloaded is the healthcare system, right? Which UK is very in tune to, because shocker, UK, Chandler Hospital is the regional hospital, not just for Lexington, but for like the entirety of Eastern Kentucky, I mean, it is the major hospital and it is part of UK. They should know this. Um, and yet here's the article. Um, just cut and jumping right into it. I didn't write the headline down quote. Our hospital is for lack of better terms or at capacity said Todd Gilbert, director of emergency services at St. Joseph hospital. Gilbert said about one-third of the patients that walk into his emergency department at St. Joseph had COVID symptoms. Just yesterday, the hospital tested 217 patients and produced 72 positive tests, a 33% positivity rate. This article came out a few days ago. Um, Out of the St. Joseph hospitals in Lexington, there are 50 hospitalizations of COVID patients. Um, At UK Chandler Hospital, there are 119 patients with COVID. Um, Mark Spanier, medical director of the emergency department at Baptist Health Lexington, says his hospital is experiencing record numbers as well. And these are the most this is probably the most terrifying quotes from Spanier over here. Quote, we are seeing more patients than we have ever than we've seen in the past ever. And that is putting a big stress on our emergency department. Quote, we're having to think outside of the box. We're seeing patients in small rooms that we've never utilized previously, sometimes just in the hallway. Just in the hallway. Just hey man, I there we don't have actually have a room. Could you just stand out here? You just wait here. Now um, that's happened that's actually happened to me before, but that's not with COVID, of course. But yeah. I was in the emergency room and they did stick me in the hallway. I like that. That's kind of fun. Um Spanier said the cases and sur- the surging cases is also impacting the staff as some aren't even able to work due to experiencing symptoms themselves. Um, experts believe the best way to believe a hospital capping is to avoid going to the hospital unless it's necessary, especially when it comes to testing. Because yeah, people are going to the hospital to get tested, and they're really yeah. Well, they're getting. I'm curious. I mean, because you're charged for an ER visit, um, but you can get a test free. You can. I have no idea. Whatever. Don't they don't they know about uh, everyone's favorite wild, wild health? health? Yeah, I don't want. Don't even make me think about this, guys. <laughs> Just let me say this: the fact that the the fact that there is like a a like every major hospital in well, not UK actually. UK didn't they didn't get a statement from UK, but St. Joseph and Baptist are are in the newspaper being like, please don't come to our hospitals. I think that is a hint. Um, <laughs> I think they're uh, I, I, could could they make it any more obvious? Um, so. Uh, that's the COVID wrap. Um, things are uh, extraordinarily bad um, in terms of a uh, in terms of a, a, a management of this um, whole thing. Um, I don't understand why the university hasn't made any changes. Everyone's already here. Everyone's already paying for class. The amount of people that are that are going to drop a week in all their you know drop everything a week into classes because UK is like we're going online for a few days. I don't do not think that is really affecting your bottom line. Whatever. I mean, we get the we get the four day weekend. 
We get the four-day day for MLK Day on Monday. But what about Friday? Do we not have class Friday? Oh, wait, no. Three-day weekend. Oh, Aaron, what the fuck? <laughs> Don't do that to me. I'm sorry. What the fuck? I got confused. I have to go to class tomorrow. This is so <laughs> fucked up. Um, anyway, <clears throat> I mean, it is... Uh, I mean, teacher, you know, professors are being instructed to just run their class in person with no no virtual option. Um, at least one of my classes is doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, see, things seem things seem not good. Hey, though, I got my I got my two KN95s. You got yours? How'd you get yours, Aaron? Okay, well, there's a there's a schedule. What? Pull this up. A schedule? Yeah, there's a schedule. But what the fucking what? Well, it's scheduled for what? For what? For the vaccine, or not the vaccine, the mask distribution. Here, let me pull it up. It's on How Google. Did, it's on Google Drive. How did they, they have it? It's an Excel spreadsheet. Who who sent it to me? I got it. I got it from my college. Okay. Um, so they sent it to me on Canvas, and so then they sent it to you because I haven't received any communication. Well, I'll send this. it to you. Okay, I'm not. But this that. is this is the schedule. Um, and so they have all these different, they have all the Great. locations and the times that they'll be available. So they're just handing it out. You just give them your link blue and so then stupid. you give them your link blue and then you tell them, um, that you want a mask and then you get them. And I got my two KN95s and I got a little, little mask strap for the back of your head. Great. So they gave you two disposable masks mm-hmm. and those are the only two you get. That's it. And, um, we're just going, we're just going into school like this. Yes. If we know, because that's what's so shocking to me. Like, there is very obviously a shortage of tests, which is probably why they're not mandating tests. Well, the, the tests now, the two-day turnaround. I got a test on Monday. It didn't come back until Wednesday Every, afternoon. Yeah, there's no no more fast no more fast testing like it was during the summer, folks. Um, there is a, there's a shortage of tests. There's a shortage of masks. And um, there is a shortage of literal hospital capacity. Masks are crazy right now. You could get 25 uh, KN95s for $50 when they used to be $20. Yeah. Yeah. It's because UK is well, buying I remember, them all. I remember um, back in the good old days, like April, May 2020, the job I worked at had some serious... We would get shipments of KN95 masks, and we would price gouge the shit out of them. Wow! I mean, you because you you we would like like you have to you either have to buy them in the entire bulk box for this insanely high price, or you have to buy it individually at like it was literally like two fifty for a single mask. Um, and that's that's the petite bouge for you. Um, I remember in like March of 2020, they would um they, they were when there were limits on toilet paper or whatever. They would give each employee one at a time the company card, and we would go out to the local corner store and buy the toilet paper. You know, the two per customer ba- uh, boxes of toilet paper. Right? We'd come back with our two boxes. We'd pass the card off to the next employee, and they'd walk over. Um, and we we systematically bought up all the stock in a corner store, and then uh, uh, price gouged it. Is that legal? No, Aaron, it is not legal. Um, <laughs> it is, it is, it, it, these people need to be shot. Um, anyway. that's, that's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, we were just doing that. Um, I don't want to lose my job. I was getting paid like nine an hour for it, too. It sucked. Um, anyway, so that's the COVID situation. Uh, more more COVID situation on I, side B. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. This is the this is the COVID. I know we talked about a lot of COVID stuff, but this is like the COVID episode, which is why I'm so pleased to announce a little break from the COVID. I have one article, right? Herald Leader. I don't know, guys. I used to listen to a bunch of um, and this is I guess I guess there's some shame to it. It's, I guess it's kind of embarrassing in in, in the leftist podcast circle or whatever. But I used to listen to a lot of my brother, my brother and me, um, and they had this segment, um where they would just read press releases from fast food companies. Right. And those are always the most like psychotic whoever, if I don't, I don't think any comm students are listening to this podcast, but if you happen to be a comm student listens to this podcast, what fucking class do you take where they teach you to write a pe- press release like this? The idea – this is a press release that's written where they – where the company gets quotes in uh, from their own employees and reports on it like a newspaper, which is what makes it all the more psychotic when the Herald Leader itself releases its own press release. Um I'm just going to read the, the the first few paragraphs of this just word for word. Yeah, let's hear this. Um, because it's it is just 
The Lexington Herald leader on Tuesday named Lauren Gola as its new managing editor. Gorla is currently a senior editor at the Ledger Inquirer in Columbus, Georgia, a post she has held since January 2020. Quote, Lauren is a terrific editor and a collaborative newsroom leader who knows how to guide strong journalism while focusing on the needs of digital audiences, whether it's major breaking news or in-depth investigative work, says Herald leader editor Peter Benayak, which is interesting because he's – um. They don't work together currently. She's still working at the. Th- I don't. Very interesting. So we we got we're getting some quotes. Quote: I'm excited to get to know the Herald Leader staff in the city of Lexington over the next few weeks. Gorla said. Quote: The steadfast commitment to strong j- local journalism drew me into the paper, and I can't wait to be a part of it. I look forward to acting as leader and support system for our journalists, and as a community resource for readers who want to have more discussions about what's important to them and how to improve our coverage. Unquote. The biggest issue, right, is that not only is it weird that they're like doing these like like faux like reporting interviews where they get quotes from people or whatever, they also keep saying that these people said this. No one said this. No human speaks like this. Um, I had to take multiple breaths to give you that last line. I look forward um, to acting as a leader and support system. Psychotic. For and then, of course, in Columbus, Gorla has guided her newspaper staff throughout many challenges of the coronavirus pandemic and Georgia's 2020 elections. Ugh. She led coverage of a tornado in Beauregard, Alabama that killed 23 people in the one-year anniversary coverage of that tragedy, an investigation into Georgia's, Georgia's COVID-19 data that exposed major flaws and a deep dive into the troubling homicide trends in Columbus. So, later readers of the Herald-Leader, sounds like more of the same. Sounds like we're going to read a lot about people who die. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't. We'll get more. We'll get more articles about the um, about just like random shootings. Yeah, it's, uh, you wouldn't believe the way this one Lexington man died. Um, it's interesting. The the Georgia election is coming back. Yeah, I'm we very. We talked about it earlier in the episode. And we're thinking. We we're thinking a lot about Georgia on my mind, as they might say. Um, but. Let's see what else is anything. So this goes without saying, although they wait for like the second to last line to say it, is that, of course, the Herald Leader and the Ledger Inquirer are both McClatchy owned. Uh, McClatchy? McClatchy owned. McClatchy. Right. And Gorla is actually the co-chair of the McClatchy's first women employee resource group. Um, Whatever, literally whatever that means. Employee. Women employee resource groups, employees, resources for women who are employees. Okay. Um, I don't know, whatever. Uh, she started her at her, her time at the Ledger Inquirer in 2016 as a digital producer, whatever this means, and took on larger roles over the year, including as interim senior editor with The Telegraph and Macon and Georgia deputy editor. She was named senior editor of the Ledger Inquirer in January 2020. Does it not... Oh, yes, this is what I was looking for. Sorry. Uh, Gorla would join the Herald Leader in early February as the new room, as the newsroom adds staff in advance of several new projects, hmm. including a refocused Sunday print edition, thank God, and a new, whatever this means, service journalism desk that will help readers navigate <clears throat> the news. Um, so glad to see, you know, we've been running circles around the Herald Leader, obviously. Um Glad to see that they're finally stepping up their game. Um, the Sunday paper, you know, I don't really have a problem with the Sunday paper. There's a lot of ads in it, but for the most part, I mean, did, I read it. Did you were did you tell me that they like it did like the weird double post article, but in print? Yeah, I'm going to talk about <laughs> okay, that. Okay, good, good. All right, well, but that was on Tuesday. I see. That was the Tuesday paper. Glad to see that we have a new season antagonist. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for lame. Well, um, my you know my favorite thing about the print paper is the New York Times crossword. Yeah, I know. And I get to do the crossword. Yes, that's why I get it. It's and I love that for you, Aaron. Um, but uh, folks, I'm letting you out of class early. Um, you know, uh, that's the it, that's all that's all I wrote for side A. And um, with this, I yield my time. That's all she wrote. Yes. Y'all are listening to Lame, the Lexington Asymptomatic Marxist Experience. We're in the middle. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jenry. And it's the 13th of January. Yes. 2022. Um, makes you think, right? Really makes mm, you think. Friday the 13th. It's current year. 
Too bad it's Thursday. <laughs> it's current yeah, year, yeah. and we live in a society, and you're mm. listening to a podcast. Wow, current year, and and Eli Capaluto still can't stop us from dying? I don't know. Just Remember the hunger strike? They did a hunger strike at UK. Yeah, a few years ago whoa, whoa, for no. the for the food insecurity. It was like it was like oh, you know, you weren't at UK. Yeah, that was fun though. They did a whole um, they did a whole hunger strike for like food accessibility. That's why we have that one dollar kitchen. I don't know if that still exists. Yeah, but there's like the Wildcat Pantry thing that in that the basement are, of Whitehall. Yeah, that was already there, but this is an Erickson Hall. It's um, you go there and they give you a meal for a dollar. Holy shit! I need that. Whoa. I'll show it to you later. Okay, well, good. Well, let's hope this is still around. If not, I'll be joining you boys out there in the hunger strike lines because... um uh, Yeah, they're like camping outside of ECAP's house. Um, <clears throat> If you want to camp outside Lame Studios, you can email <laughs> us at at gmail.com or you can uh, yeah. follow us on Twitter at I'm, LamePod. I'm just throwing this out into the ether. If anyone wants to just like give us 80 bucks to solve this RF issue... <laughs> is um, it really bad? No, it's it's just it, uh, yes, it is really bad. See, I mean, because because just, I don't have monitor headphones, so I yeah, can't yeah. hear well, because our headphones were whatever. Yeah, we're running a short of a shoestring operation here at Lame. We're trying to deliver a professional audio thing. In this this, I stay up at night thinking about this stuff. I mean, this is killing me. Um, you know, so if anyone if anyone wants to throw, just throw some cash our way. Um, we start the radio frequency fund. LexLamePod at gmail dot com. Yeah, the 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 reduce the power um tear, tear down the tower tear, the tear down the tower reduce the power <laughs> <laughs> well if you want to donate to our uh, tear down the tower reduce the power fund i have i have no idea how you'll get this to us email us if you actually are interested um lexlanepod at gmail.com not that we're expecting you to this is uh you know what we are expecting you to do though other than keep listening, is give, give us, us a review? review on iTunes. Oh. Give us a review on iTunes. Or on Spotify. Spotify. Yes, because um, that's new. Um, you can't... If you're... Okay, if you give us a review on iTunes. Okay. Five stars, of course. But do a little, do a little like, flavor text. Do a little blurb. Give us something nice. Give, give us a little... Give mm. us a little something. Help a comrade out. Help a little comrade out. Um, Spotify, they just give you five stars. You can't write your review. Well, but and if if you feel yeah. so inclined, tell a friend on Apple about the podcast. Tell, yeah, tell your friends. Tell your mom. Anyone complaining about how expensive it is to read the Herald Leader? Don't worry, we read it for you. Tell, <laughs> tell <laughs> never tell, pay for an article again. Just listen to Lame. We tell you, we, we we shift through all the homicide articles for you. <laughs> tell your get your estranged uncle. Um, who reconnect with your estranged uncle over yeah. Marxism Leninism? You know, your your strange uncle who who is showing anarchist sympathies. Mm-hmm. Tell yeah. him he's gone. He's getting old, old in his age and is starting to believe that um that uh, communism can be achieved overnight. Um, you need starting to... or I don't know. Maybe you have some kind of crazy aunt who believes that you can like reform capitalism mm-hmm. um, through gradual uh, yeah gradual parliamentary procedures yeah, which is almost podcast. which is almost worse than if you have just like a if you just got like a like a conservative that you know and they're just like you know they're like man i just i don't just trust i just don't trust that nancy pelosi say me too i have a podcast for you um <laughs> and you show know. this to them yeah i don't know yeah all right well, let's get into the other great side. promo work that we've been doing here let's let's <laughs> You all are listening to Lame, the Lexington Asymptomatic Marxist Experience. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jenry. And this is side B of the show. This is a longer side B. It's not often on this show that we have a longer side B than we have a side A. They're typically around the same amount. All the articles today in the Herald Leader were weirdly short. They're really short. And there's a lot of articles about the state of Kentucky that we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. We have our own little, I have my own little Aaron's COVID corner here. Oh, great. We also got more. So <clears throat> the Associated Press is reporting on this, but the Kentucky General Assembly has um, on Tuesday passed a bill that would provide 10 more days of remote instruction to be used at school. Great. 20. Public schools. So now you have 10, 20 days of NTI in public schools. That you can use for various reasons. Jefferson County used already, um, I believe, four of those days. Jesus. Um, some of them were just for snow days. 
Um, but now they have ten more days. Well, that's nice. And um, if they if they use all of them, they don't get funding. All right, um, because Good team. because their attendance days matter. Because if they don't have their attendance days, they don't get funding. Yeah. Well, this um, is uh, well, well, great. Glad to see that they're um, <laughs> that they're literally holding a gun. Mm-hmm. Um. So the so the Senate passed it. It's not going to go to the House. Um, it does not provide for unlimited instruction, but just those ten. This 10 days. Also in COVID corner. Okay, we have this little thing. Um, Pulling it up on the phone. Let's see. People are texting me. You know we're podcasting right now. You know we're podcasting right now. This is so embarrassing. All right, here we go. So this is from Spectrum News. All right, I get this this from the the leftists I'm, I'm in with. <clears throat> this is from Spectrum News. A headline reads, We're just asking for flexibility. Students, faculty criticize UofL's approach to Omicron. All right. And so there's been this petition with more than 1,000 signatures. Although the last time I saw that number updated, it was more like 1,500 or 1,600. Uh-huh. Um, and this, of course, I can't see it there, but it's just a Google form. Um, and... Yeah, basically, I mean, U of L is is pretty much doing the same thing that UK is doing, and that they're having classes right now. Yeah, um, they want uh, better masks and hazard pay for um, the the workers. Um, regarding masks, U of L on January tenth began making KN95s masks available for pickup around campus. Um, so just like UK, they are entitled to two. KN95 masks, which are more effective at preventing transmission. Signers of the petition also want to change this to the way UofL treated unvaccinated members, um, because right now they're only required to do monthly testing, whereas uh. in UK they're they're weekly. Um, one thing that all of these places didn't report, interestingly, mm-hmm. is that okay, who started these petitions? You might be asking. Yes. Who is the progenitor of these? Who is organizing the petition? The organizers of this petition, well, wait, like most petitions, may may I take a crack at it? Take your take your wildest guess. Could it possibly be the United Campus Workers of Kentucky? Ding 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 ding. ding, ding, ding yeah, ding. baby, you that's my it. union. It's uh. the union. the The union UCW, of course. Um, the people there of UCW Louisville, they um, helped with this with this petition. They helped make it, and a lot of the media outlets are not covering that, but we are. Mm-hmm. Because we're, we're members. That's right. And we, yes. And so. You wouldn't get this news anywhere else, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. <laughs> we're dropping this story first. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an ex- lame exclusive. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's really what it amounts to. Um, if you, I, I, I don't really know what you as a general public can do. I guess sign the sign the petition. You could do that. Send some, send some angry letters. Send some angry letters. Demand it. Um, is like Capoluto? Yeah, call your counts. Call things? your city councilor. So call your city councilor. Or email. Down. Probably email. They probably want it on email. Email the city councilor. Walk up to their house. Well, yeah, find them at the store. Walk up to them on the street and That's just start good. interviewing them. That's all right. That's, yeah, 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 exactly. And then you maybe could get some action. They're public servants, you know. <clears throat> exactly. You maybe could get some action in the General Assembly. Probably not, though. But there are people from Fayette County who are getting some action, who are seeing some action in the General Assembly All right. in the Capitol. Um, and these are some Lexington uh, students from Lafayette. All right. Um, earlier this week, Lexington students joined Defenders of Accurate History, a Facebook group of educators and others at a rally at the state capitol in Frankfurt. They are opposing House Bills 14 and 18 that make it illegal to teach that an individual by virtue of their race or sex is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. See, Which Repu- is funny because I can't, I can't possibly imagine that they're actually teaching that right. phrase explicitly on at any school in, in this state. You know what I mean? Right. It's <laughs> not very, in high school. <laughs> it's very strange. Um, that they even have this. I mean, this is um, the pre-filed bill. I think it's Bill 69, which is mm-hmm. what it was. Nice. Yeah, I know. That's if how I will. remember if it. If you will. Um, but now I'm, it's House Bill 14 and 18. This is, of course, a CRT bill. Um, they have uh, one individual, senior from Lafayette, um, Pragya Upreti, 
who at they have that uh and then Tyler Terrell, an eighth grader from Leestown, and dozens of other students, which read teach they they had some signs up, they read teach honest history, diversify our curriculum and students for critical conversations. Um, Terrell said in a statement that the bills only add to the problem of feeling very underrepresented in his education. If you read bills 14 and 18, you'll see our legislators are debating whether we should even be able to talk openly about the history of people like me in the classroom. Now, I don't know who Terrell is or what his background is, but I'm assuming that he's some kind of underrepresented population. You would think, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you're a listener to this podcast, you know about about the the bad the repu- outcomes the re- of yeah of just censoring that kind of thing uh, so i don't have to go into yeah. that but yeah you know but there's people the republicans are virtue signaling by the, the way. republicans did say. not immediately respond wednesday to comments from the herald leader that afternoon oh, well i love it it's like the amount of the, the the amount of articles that herald leader will actually follow up on is very slim i feel every time you'll see an article they're like they did not immediately respond to comment and then the article is mm-hmm. like four days old and i was like so they didn't did they did they eventually and you just didn't publish it or they didn't respond not only did they not immediately but they never responded to comment <laughs> i don't know that's what's so funny to me about it well speaking of following up on things we have um you remember the ford plant yeah baby ford <laughs> and sk a match made in heaven well <clears throat> that's happening but the question now becomes who's gonna supply it with electricity not, you know, I never thought this, you know, you would think, um, you know, in in perhaps a uh, a, a functioning uh, planned economy, um, you wouldn't have to bother yourself with the uh, uh, with the mental burden of now, how are we going to deliver power to the new factory um, as a, a, a treating that as a legal question um, mm-hmm. and not as a practical question? Well, they are treating it as both. Let's see. Um, and there are two companies who could have gotten the bid, and only one of them came out ahead. So I'll give you the options. I want you to take a guess as to who won the bid. So there's we have, two different companies that can, mm-hmm. that are both allowed to provide... That's so fucked up. We okay. have... Well, there you are. They're competing for, for this. Competing okay. for utility. Okay. So we, right. have, we have Nolan Rural Energy Cooperative. Okay. And KU. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something, something, was, something makes me think that... Uh, that uh, uh, Kentucky Utilities is um <laughs> ding, ding 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 you got another question right today on the podcast wow. how does it feel welcome to lame where the uh where the um uh the rules don't matter but the points definitely the, the rules are made up but the points definitely matter exactly yes Okay, great. So, so KU is, KU says no. It's it's mine. The KU. Well, they both wanted it, um, despite the fact that Nol- the Nolan Company, um, their like jurisdiction is the site. Oh, like that's the. So majority... they have a certain geographical area that they operate within, mm-hmm. and they are providing. They are want to. Pro- so does KU not provide to that area at all? Would no, KU have to run new line in? There. Yes. Great. <laughs> great <laughs> so yeah nolan um provides the vast majority of electricity to the site um mm-hmm. already um and there's this whole thing like there's a lot of confidentiality with this case um Jeez. one of the people tom fitzgerald on the kentucky resources council said it's hard to know if the deal is fair to either of those Nolan or KU ratepayers without knowing how much money KU gave the co-op in exchange for the valuable service territory. He says, unless you're a party to this case, you're not going to know. And even then, you couldn't share share the knowledge due to the confidentiality request. So so there's intrigue between the two companies Mm -hmm. as well. I see. Apparently so. Ah. It's impossible to look at what's publicly available and determine whether those customers are benefiting from this deal or not. Why Why in the world should there be hidden information about of two utility companies and there's this is psychotic the governor's office at first did not respond to questions about whether it was involved in the swap instead (laughs) (laughs) instead deferring to a spokesman for the energy and environment cabinet who only gave a brief overview of the case's timeline that's great i love this i love this commonwealth i love this place people are always doing 
Things. Possibly some of the most normal shit ever, but will but will 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 guard it with their life. <laughs> Bashir said on Monday his office worked with Nolan, KU, and Ford to provide a quote successful outcome for all involved. Jesus. Um, KU for its part said that its existing relationship with Ford played a role. And what an existing relationship. You're a utility company. Ford has a truck plant. I have an existing relationship with you. What do <laughs> well, you mean? Ford has a truck plant, an assembly plant in Louisville, which is located within the service boundary of its sister company, Louisville Gas and Electric. Jesus Christ. So stupid. <laughs> Given our current relationship with Ford as an LG&E customer, it made sense to expand that relationship to include Kentucky Utilities. KU spokesperson Chris Whelan wrote in an email to the herald leader it's just it's 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 geography and electricity why in the world is there this is so okay no i'm fine it's not i'm not gonna let it affect me i'm not gonna let this utility um kerfuffle affect me personally so then then they they don't really have anything else to say about that and they go into what they what each company really is so neither nolan or the EKPC, the Eastern Kentucky Power Cooperative, of which it is a member, offered comment. EKPC is a non, not for profit, not a non profit, but a not, not for, for profit, profit organization owned by 16 smaller co ops like Nolan around the state. EKPC generates and transmits power to owners and members and total provides power to 1.1 million people. I'm kind of shocked that there's not energy cooperatives like in Lexington. Make it happen, folks. I don't know if we can even do that. Can we do that? You would have to. We would have to build our own, find our own ways to put our own transmission lines, or they would have to let us share transmission lines with the pole, or it'd be like one of those bullshit, like like Texas uh, free market type things, where there's actually only one utility line, but it's just different people that broker it, which would be even, which would be mega dumb. I don't know. Well, what? if anyone listening to this podcast is an industrial electrical engineer, yes. Or just a good lawyer. You know, power line. <laughs> How to make a power line. Let us know. LexLinePod at gmail.com. Oh, yes. <clears throat> KU and LG&E, by contrast, are not are, are for-profit and control generation and transmission and distribution of power. They're owned by Pennsylvania-based PPL Corporation, a publicly traded company worth more than $22 billion. Now, I, I did not know that they were owned by a Pennsylvania corporation. Yes, God they are. damn it. Well, it's like how Kentucky American was owned by the was Germans. was a German company, yeah. Like, don't even get me, guys. You think the KU situation is bad. Don't even get me started on our, our literal water supply. Um, <laughs> the settlement agreement states that the cost estimate for removal of EKPCs and Nolan's facilities on the site, including a transmission line, is around $4 million. Great. So KU is like, we want to work for Ford so bad that we're willing to pay to remove your equipment. Exactly. Jesus. And that's the end of the article. So, I don't know. Interesting things happening in battery land. Psycho the, shit the, in the battery lengths, land. The lengths people will go to to be the sole supplier of electricity to the Ford battery plant. I must be. You don't understand, mister. I am the sole supplier of electricity to the Ford and SK battery plant. But, I mean, I don't know. Okay, you got what it wanted. I guess, man. Next up, this is this is a little um, segment I'm calling Show Me the Car Tax. Okay. <laughs> That's good. All right. Okay. And um, this is this is where the Herald Leader really starts to go crazy. I think doing a little bit of editorialism. Well, no, they were on. Okay, so they published this. They published these articles on Tuesday. Oh God! Both by Beth Musgrave. That's just right. Duplicate article. She had two different saved versions on her laptop and uploaded them both. Duplicate articles in the same print paper. Jesus Christ, man. Um, just combine them. It was very, it was a fascinating, I, I know, it was a fascinating. The typesetters like late at night, like preparing the print, they're like, oh, fuck, they're slightly different. We'll just, oh, fuck it, we'll just print both. Mm-hmm. We need to fill some space. Now, to Beth Musgrave's credit, these articles are, they're not substantially different, but they are technically different. God damn it. Um, because one article talks about the vehicle taxes of Kentucky, and the other article talks about the vehicle taxes of Kentucky and the General Assembly. No, oh my God. Okay, whatever. So they're technically two different articles. However, get, Musgrave, to get you up to speed on the General Assembly one, they have to print all mm-hmm. of the first article in it. Yes. Yeah. So Beth Musgrave 
let me let me save you some time. Com- compress them into two articles. Write better. Look, I look. I'm, it's probably not her call. Look, I get it. If you're doing one article one day and then another article like a few days or a week later or whatever, but if they're in the same print, I mean, Jesus, guys, get it. I mean, it will. I, Gorla, I know what you. I got your first task for you right up here. Fix this <laughs> specific paper. I would love to see that. Yeah. Um, okay, so <clears throat> due to rising used car values during the pandemic, property taxes on vehicles in Kentucky will be much, much higher this year, local state officials, uh, local and state officials warn. So because everyone is everyone in, in, in the state of Kentucky is buying a used car, and of course yes. across the country and the planet is buying cars. As you should. New cars, cars are terrifying. And expensive. Yes. So too have become used cars. Now yeah. they're they're a lot more expensive. Who knows? Maybe my car is even going up on the depreciation curve. Now. God, <laughs> that would be yeah the first time in history where your car actually goes up. Yeah. My KBB, just for reference, folks, not to say what car I drive, but the the Kelly Blue Book value for my car is literally like seven hundred dollars. Last time <laughs> I checked, and that was a few years ago. So who knows? The state uses various books to set the values of, of their cars for vehicle tax. They use the um, the NADA or NADA book, National JP Power, JD Power, and yeah, JD Power. Um, so the, here's the, what the Kentucky Constitution says because they they've thought about this. Mm. Um, the state has to set values based on their fair cash value. A a Kentucky statute also says these valuations must come from a standard book such as the jd powers or kelly blue book um and they're set in late december prior to the calendar year um and so a lot of people have been getting mad at andy Bashir because there's been a lot of posts on social media about how the Bashir administration is raising vehicle taxes a classic a classic uh, andy Bashir responds to this shift over here <laughs> he says the administration has not increased vehicle taxes, as Bashir said. That is not what is happening. Great. <laughs> what has happened is your car is worth more. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like in a little, in a little panic. He's, on like, the, he's like, I haven't, I've done, I haven't done anything. Look, Stop I didn't looking. Do it. Hey, it's not me. It's your not car, me. I didn't touch it. I'm, I'm, I'm just imagining because I didn't, I didn't hear Bashir say this. I only read it, but I'm just yeah. imagining Bashir in his little, in his little Bashir voice. Mm-hmm. He's, he's coming in. He's like, the administration has not raised vehicle taxes. In fact, your car is worth more. He's kind of like Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> but your car is worth more. He's like excited about it. Um, and so. God. There are some, Beth Musgrave gives us some numbers here. A 2014 F-150 was valued at $9,400 last year. Uh-huh. Do you want to take a guess of what the new number, what the new value is? Like 12. Uh, higher. 13. $15,800. Christ. <laughs> um, I'm never going to have another car in my life. Uh, and I guess that's good. Um, radical, the radical urbanism. I yeah, let's hope let's hope mom, let's hope the this little revolution of ours kicks off so I can uh uh commute by bus. Mm-hmm. Um that's why I'm doing it, not for any other material mm-hmm. conditions. So, if you own that uh 2014 Ford F150, you would have paid $133 in 2021 in vehicle taxes, and 2022 you will now pay $193 in vehicle taxes, a 45% increase. Uh-huh. Um, so, of course, people are not happy about this, including the state legislators. Great. Who I'm sure have a lot of vehicle taxes to pay. <laughs> House Bill 6, which was filed, um, would allow the Department of Revenue to have more leeway in how they determine a car's value. Senate 75, Senate Bill 75 would use last year's car value to determine the property taxes for 22 and 23. The bill would also allow people who already paid their car tax to get a refund for overpayment. So if you're born in January and you already paid your car taxes, yeah. you get a refund. Um, 75 would direct the Department of Revenue to use last year's vehicle property taxes to determine the car rates in 22 and 23. The bill was filed Monday by Senator Jimmy Higgin from Lebanon. Or Lebanon. Lebanon sounds right. I like that. Lebanon, well, you know, we're in Kentucky. Yes, we say in everything Kentucky. wrong. I don't, well, I don't want them. Well, because if you say if you say Lebanon, they're like someone's like, "Wait, you got a you got a Lebanon here?" Because that's how they Isn't say Lebanon, that? Ohio. 
No, I like Lebanon. I think that's great. Well, whatever. But, I mean, that's what's going on with the vehicle stuff. Huh. So show me the car tax. Show me the car tax. <laughs> great. Well, um, I'm not... I'm, I don't get... I'm just... I'm fine. The vehicle is worth more. I don't have an... I'm fine with keeping... Your car is up. worth more. Your car is worth more. I don't know. I mean, obviously, the real solution to this is not to reimburse people on their car taxes, but to simply make it so that you do not have to own a vehicle in order to live and conduct your life. Um, wow. But that's a that's a pill that, to, that they can't swallow just right now. Just think about, think about the lost revenue that they would... like. Okay, so they... Stay with me here. Okay, hit me. Okay, so they're going to be collecting more money because of vehicle taxes. The Republicans explicitly do not want more money for the state. Hear me out here. So they're with me hear, on this. Okay, hear me out here. Okay. They would they would be collecting more money for the vehicle taxes. Instead of doing that, Okay. they could take the money they would have gotten uh-huh. and put it towards rail or... And some, or... Or some other kind Mass of trans- transit system for that's the state. That's good. That's fun. I think that's fun. Um, I'm into that. Uh, I don't know how much... Now, granted, I don't know how much the vehicle taxes raise for the state. Probably not enough. Probably not a to crazy build a, amount of To money. build a substantial railway. But put it in the rainy day fund. Uh, take, well, it out of the, <laughs> take it out of the rainy day fund. I have, I have one, there's one weird trick that the, that the state has um, for, uh, for cheaply acquiring certain kinds of infrastructure. Um, and that is simply uh, taking it. Um, <laughs> there's, we got a lot of rail infrastructure fit for, fit for passenger rail anyways. CSX, um, RJ Corman, looking at you. We're coming for you. Look out. <laughs> Speaking of the state coming for people, okay. we had some good segues. This is this good. Episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The aluminum mill. Remember no when way. we talked about the aluminum mill? My favorite, my favorite thing. The Just, state is coming for them. Um, yes, Chris. This is anti-Slavism. <laughs> and, well, I mean, there's a lot of things. Um, so last time we talked about the aluminum mill, one of the key figures was Chris McDaniel. He's a senator from Taylor Mill. Uh-huh. Um, I'm intimately familiar with him. Ah. Um, he's an interesting guy. Um, he, I think he's the chair of the budget committee. Um, he has a, some, some very interesting leadership. Um, and uh, he followed up on his demands of repayment for the $15 million investment to Unity Aluminum for, um, for, their, for their aluminum mill. Um, so Unity Aluminum, previously Brady Industries, promised to build a $1.7 billion aluminum mill near Ashland. This is in case you you missed a last episode. Yeah. Um, near Ashland, Kentucky, after the legislature approved an unprecedented $15 million direct investment in the company in 2017. Long story short, it was supposed to be completed in 2020 um, and produce aluminum for the automotive industry. It hasn't even been built it, the ground has not been broken. The ground has not been broken. Um, and the people are not happy. Um, McDaniel said, I want to be very clear. I don't want the Commonwealth to get $15 million. I want Ashland to get an aluminum mill. And all so right. he, so he said, he's, his thinking is. That's some, all right. Th- I mean, sure, I guess. If they pay us $15 million, or if we say we want it back. Oh. Then they're going to speeded things up okay well that's a that's not okay that they're not gonna they've laundered them i'm (laughs) i don't it's not if you if you want to give ashland an aluminum mill the state is going to have to run an enterprise and make the aluminum mill happen which i know you're uncomfortable about doing but let me tell you it's probably a whole lot easier than just hoping some guys will do it if you throw some money at them private enterprise yeah. My, my private enterprise. My private enterprise. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You Okay. You said it first. You don't want the Commonwealth to have $15 million. You want Ashland to have, a, to have an aluminum mill. Are you going to get them one or not? Will the state act or will it not? Exactly. Um, uh, state Senator Robin Webb, who represents the district of this project, um said she has remained a cautious optimist that this project will be completed. Holy shit. 
Are you guys are, are you guys looking at the same? I've read like three news articles on it. You're intimately connected with the project, and you're telling me that you're somehow more. I this is insane. What? I don't know. I mean, they've even broken ground. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they know something we don't. I just I can't. January fourteenth, two thousand twenty-two. They're gonna be breaking ground. Finally, yeah. Any day now. <laughs> A project that was supposed to be done five like, years ago. Yes, a project that was supposed to be basically well underway, like in 2019. Exactly. The fiscal part of me would certainly like to have the money back if there was no chance this project comes to fruition. Oh my god! She said, "Unity Aluminum has received several extensions from the Commonwealth Seed, seed Capital um, to reach its goal before having to repay the money. The current extension runs through the end of March." I don't. How literally? How hard is it? to just call up some guys you have money <laughs> call up some guys and build a fucking steel mill i mean what like i do I not know, there are how many billion dollars into this project it, it's almost I, two billion dollars into mean, this that project is, it's just insane like why i i do not understand i mean i guess the i guess the issue is that the guys were much better at convincing the state to get the money than um uh organizing the logistics for a aluminum mill but it doesn't know it seems insane so they they got Bashir on the phone and of course Bashir said we're all very concerned about the aluminum mill and i'm sure all the lawmakers are concerned that they gave this money and he says we don't want to send a message across the commonwealth that kentucky is not for economic growth but at the same time <laughs> we also need to send a message that when we loan you <laughs> when, <laughs> when we loan you 15 million dollars we expect to see results in a timely manner <laughs> He said the bill passed unanimously at a committee. <laughs> Bashir, like, oh, I mean, like, how, I don't know, how much of a cuck to capital do you have to be to say that? Uh, enough to be a go- the, the, the elected governor of the Commonwealth. I mean. Andy, take some calcium pills, grow a spine. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing for this him. This is embarrassing. Just... We, don't, we don't want to seem like we oppose economic growth but we really we gave you that 15 million dollars hey man i gave you all that i gave you that you, you want to are we got a bit it's okay i'll wait yeah i'll hold <laughs> i mean come on andy this i expected so better from you it's like i don't and it's like you know he's i don't know i, I who, who knows what goes through this man this man's head if you want a steel mill just build one Seize the assets of Brady Industries outright. Speaking of things that Bashir has done and said and proposed, we okay. have these segues, man. Whoa! I'm really. <clears throat> this was. This is. You know, we have. We have the the BBB. Uh huh. We have what I'm calling the BBC. Okay. Bashir's budget corner. Okay. And there's been a lot of talk about Bashir's budget because Bashir just put out his budget uh-huh. um, because he was um, to, for lack of a better term, blindsided by the fact that the Republicans put out their budget before him. It's hilarious. And How he do was... you fuck this up, man? <laughs> so the, 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 the legislators put out their budget like way before Bashir was going to put out his budget. Jesus. Which, by the way, let me just say, Bashir putting out his budget ha- doesn't matter. Okay. It's not his he's not his it's not his budget to make. It doesn't matter. Well, he, it is his budget to make. Oh, but it, it doesn't it doesn't matter what he says that he wants in the budget because if the Republicans don't want it, that he's not going to get it. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, is anyone is this is winning him is this winning him any votes? No. He's like this is what my budget would be. Um and so I mean, he's got He's got a whole bunch of things here that he that he wants. I don't even know if I'll go through all of these because it's is not there gonna, anything interesting that he not, wants? But let me, let me guess: rural broadband. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but the more <laughs> you highways. Want, you, want, you want to guess how much uh, how much money is going into in the internet? The five dollars. Two hundred million. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Here's what's interesting: it's one mile of fiber. <laughs> there is. Um, there's a lot of money going into infrastructure, 250 million to support major transportation infrastructure goals, such okay. as building a new bridge next to the Brent Spence Bridge. Ah, just build a fucking railroad, you. 
And creating the inner. And I'm inter- begging you. <laughs> one year. Remember, we talked about the Brent Spence Bridge. Yes. One, Brent Spence Bridge one year ago. I'm, I'm proud of you, Brent Spence Bridge, for um, for living rent free in so many lawmakers' minds. I know, and they're still talking about it, and Bashir is Bashir is still talking about it, and he he's I don't know what his his goal, what his angle is here concerning the Brent Spence Bridge, which connects Northern Kentucky to Cincinnati. Bashir indicated his aim is to allocate money so the state can show the federal government it already has uh, budgeted for the proposed complete companion bridge as it applies for federal grant funds to help make that project possible. I so, think I, I, it's, it's maybe some sort of weird, like, ready, quote-unquote, ready-to-shovel requirement that they're fulfilling. Maybe. I, that seems kind of weird to me, that they need to have it fully funded to get grants for the project, but then I, it's already it, funded. I, federal grants are always, always have the weirdest fucking strings attached. I'm, I'm not surprised that yeah, it's something weird. That's like, just strange to me, but I'm not familiar with federal grants. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he says, it's a serious... It is as serious as we can be, and it puts us in the very best position to meet that goal. If you are, if you are dead, if you are deadly serious about transportation in the state of Kentucky, um, you would not be putting all of your eggs in the um, interstate basket. Is all I'm saying. He says, um, and folks, I think we're gonna do it. <laughs> you can only fucking hope, man. Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> he, I, think, I think I'm gonna really do it today. Um, he has a bunch of stuff for like funding funding healthcare. Um, he wants to fund state share of Medicaid, which is a twelve billion dollar a year, um, twelve billion dollar year government health plan. I mean, you know what Medicaid is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys know Medicaid. Yes. Yeah, you know what Medicaid is. I have six million dollars a year for the next two years for nursing scholarships. I mean, these are all things that would be very nice. Medical infrastructure uh, is medical very infrastructure, good and needed. Thirty-four percent wage increase to state regional centers for domestic violence, rape crisis, and child advocacy, which assists victims of violence and sexual abuse. Um, maybe we'll get some of these things. I don't know. I doubt it. I think the most optimistic stuff we might get is like the infrastructure stuff because that has some sort of broad-ish support and like mm-hmm. maybe we'll get some we'll probably get some internet stuff but i can't i don't know i'm trying to get into the republican mindset here i can't like you know like 500 million to fund water and sewer improvements across the commonwealth are we gonna get that you might get some of it but you're never the right. thing here's the thing mm-hmm. is right like the one thing that like the kentucky republican party shares i think with the national republican party is that you're never Whatever price Andy lists, he almost has to I I hope he has figured out what price he needs needs. Like like I hope he's figured out okay, I need four hundred million dollars. I'm gonna add an extra hundred million because I know they will always want to lower the amount of money that I am proposing for something and sort of hopefully that meets in the middle. Like, do you know what I mean here? Mm-hmm. Like I and that's the hope. I can only hope that um, that there's some sort of uh, you know, um, some sort of greater logic going on in the state. Getting house. into the mind palace of uh, of Andy Bashir is a dangerous game. I, I'm yeah. If I stay in there too long, I'll become. <laughs> I'll, start doing football analogies. Yeah, I'm gonna start. I, you know, at what point do uh, you know? I can't even think of a funny quote, but it's like a you know, if you start my if you mind meddle with Andy Bashir too long, um, sooner or later, uh. The, the, the division between you and Andy Bashir melts away. Exactly. <laughs> One of the things he wanted funded was a fully fully funded universal pre-K. Well, that's good. Which um, um, is good, except the, Robert... I, I know Stivers doesn't like Rivers, this. Yeah, Stivers, of course, we all know Robert Stivers. He didn't. He didn't do pre-K. The man who, the man who famously cried at a basketball game. Because <laughs> um. <laughs> they were kneeling? Yeah. <laughs> pepperoni pizza stivers which pepperoni pizza downgraded to pizza sticks to get vaccinated that's good that's also really <laughs> good sticks. man that's kind of crazy that he even at any point was like trying to push that do you think now he's totally he's like taking like a total anti-vax line i don't know he's still pro-vax i mean you have well, to be not, you you have to i don't know i'm very I feel like you have to be i'm very curious to see in kentucky i'm very curious to see not this year but like this or yeah this year election season like this summer going into the fall i'm very curious to see where the chips will land 
on what Republicans, what Repu- what the Republican Party as a core will decide about the vaccine question. Well, I know what they're deciding about the mask question, and you can just yeah, look well, at the General was, Assembly to see the COVID. Pretty, <laughs> you, can watch, yeah. you can watch COVID spread. Vote vote with your lungs, as they in, say. Yeah, in, in real time from, <laughs> from senator to senator. <laughs> and with that, it's happened again. Oh, yes. You've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to Lame. Our esteemed executive producer is Charlie Carey. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for all the hard work you're doing. Yeah, reading the Herald Leader for us. I know, God. Universe. I mean, well, I would get it would kill me if I was exposed <laughs> to it for that long. I we know. have to do um, like the Chernobyl recovery. Um, we we do we do uh, we do ten minute shifts to um, uh, to log on to Kentucky.com. Mm-hmm. Our stickers and buttons are designed by Claire Thompson from ClaireThompsonArt.com. You can email us at LexLamePod at gmo.com for any of those. Follow us on Twitter at LamePod. Leave us five stars. On, on Apple and Spotify. And even though we have to move our recording session to Zoom because of the Omicron variant, whenever it hears us say it, this is lame. <laughs>